sanctuary. Uh, we, we have masks that you can wear, and it's a great service. Our Sunday services are still online right now, but how fun is that to watch church in your pajamas at your house or out by the lake? It's a great thing. And we have Bible studies online as well. But here's the real announcement that I wanted to tell you about. First, I wanted to wish the praise band a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. So, um, here... And Merry Christmas to everybody watching. I think this is the time to bake some of your favorite Christmas cookies and put on your Christmas movies and just sing Christmas carols around the house. July 16th, uh, from 3 to 6 p.m., we're going to be out in the portico giving out Christmas stockings. And you can bring those back July 23rd or July 30th from 3 to 6 as well. And those are given out to the Salvation Army. So you get those stockings. And you collect things for the Salvation Army as we give to those families in need in December. How awesome is that? Christmas in July. It's exciting, right? I know, I know. Um, this is my last announcement. You will notice new and improved sound in the Gadsden First Sanctuary for online worship. Woohoo! All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we have so much to be thankful for this morning. Uh, we pray this morning that you will calm our hearts and our minds, God, and uh, the anxieties and worries that we have today, that you will put those aside for us and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
to sing. I have a reason to worship. All of my life, in every season, you are still God. You are the reason to sing. I have a reason to Sunset free. 
everybody. I'm so glad that you're here. I just love that last song that they did so much. And I hope that you did too. And I hope that you know that even though you're not sitting in the room with us, we are connected to you. We are praying for you. We hope that you are not just surviving, but that you are thriving despite all of the hardships that we're going through. We still worship God and we still uh, know that God is faithful. So we want to uh, know about your prayer requests. If you have prayer requests, you can email them to us at fumc at fumc.org, or you can put them in the comment section. We'll get them, and we'll make sure that our, our prayer team knows about them, and we will pray for you. If you have an answer to prayer, a celebration, we like to hear those. So let us know about those, too. Uh, also, this is just a reminder, we want you to continue to support your church. 
this is still your church. We're still in ministry to this wonderful community in which we live, and we need your help. So go online and give. Go to our, our church website, fumcgadston.org. Go and download our church app if you haven't already done that from your, your app store on your phone. Or you can just drop it in the mail and, and give to your church and support your church that way. Thank you for how you've already been supporting your church and continue to do that, please. Um, I want you to know, um, Pastor Andy announced earlier, if you're just joining us, uh, we're having Christmas in July. This coming Thursday from 3 to 6, we'll be down in the portico. We'll have Christmas decorations up. We'll have Christmas music going. Uh, Pastor Andy might even dress up like Buddy the Elf. I might even dress up like Cousin Eddie. You think... You know, the bathrobe and everything? I don't know. But we'll be handing out those empty stockings. And then you go and fill them up. And then that following Thursday, you bring them back. And we'll do Christmas in July. And um, it'll be a blessing to kids in December. So uh, thank you for all the ways that you support your church. And now, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, we are thankful and we are grateful and we are humbled when we remember the ways that you take care of us, we don't want to take anything for granted. We certainly don't take our health for granted. We see friends and neighbors, and we see people who give us reports about being sick from this awful virus. We don't want to take uh, the safety of our friends for granted. We have friends who are working in healthcare industries and are uh, essential workers everywhere that um, are in danger. So we ask for your protection. We ask for your healing. We ask, Lord, for a cure and a vaccine for this virus so that our world can move on and get back to normal. Uh, Lord, we pray for all of our churches. Some of them are really struggling right now. We pray for people who are having to stay at home more than, than usual, and they're lonely, and they're um, struggling and they need a, a friend right now help us to be that friend help us to reach out Lord to do a phone call to to send a card and to reach out and to help our neighbors Lord you've been good to us so help us to take that seed we've been given and sow it into the kingdom help us to take our resources Lord and sow them into the kingdom by giving tithes and offerings bless the gift bless the giver in Jesus name we pray Amen. You take our lives, flawed yet beautiful. Restore, refine, Lord, you're merciful. Redeem, revive, Spirit of God, breathe on your church, pour Christ be known, our hope and 
Our praise uh, team always does such a good job, and, and we love them and appreciate them so much. 
and we love you and appreciate you for worshiping with us today. Of all the things that you could be doing on this cloudy Sunday morning, you're worshiping with us, and we are grateful, and we're humbled that you've chosen to do that. I also want to say a shout-out to Matthew and to Sheila. You can't see them, but they're back there. They have worked so hard to get us uh, better at doing this online worship thing. I, I hope that you can hear well, and I hope you can see well, and I hope that this worship experience is better because of their hard work, because they really have worked hard, and, and we appreciate them too. The people behind the scenes, don't ever forget them, okay? All right, Matthew chapter 13 is the scripture we're going to use today. We're going to be looking at a story that Jesus told. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 9 at the story itself. And then verses 18 through 23, which is Jesus explaining the story. And so that's what we're going to look at at the gospel this morning. Matthew 13, 1 through 9, and then 18 through 23. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, and they were, then they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then down in verse 18, Jesus explains the parable. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is, the, this is what is sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for the one who was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, and indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Two children were playing in their church preschool one day, and one little boy and one little girl. And the little girl said to the little boy, hey, you want to play house? And the little boy said, I don't know. Um, how do you do that? What do you want me to do? And she says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to communicate. And he said, I have no idea what that means. And she said, perfect, you can be the husband. <laughs> oh, okay. You can write LOL or something in there. 
oh, okay. Be very, very quiet. So pay no attention to the guy who came and got his phone. Um, so I know, communication in a marriage. I, my wife probably said amen at home on the couch right now. Uh, it is a problem. But it's not just a problem in a marriage or in a, a relationship. It's not just a problem now. It's been a problem since, well, since forever, right? Because communication is kind of a complicated dance. You have to have three things, and they have to all work together in a way that works. You have to have a message, you have to have a speaker, and you have to have a listener. And if all of those things work together in harmony, then you have communication. But things get complicated, and things get lost in the translation. And sometimes communication just doesn't happen. It's like the story when a man and his wife were awakened at 3 o'clock in the morning by loud banging on their door. 3 o'clock in the morning, pouring down rain. The husband gets out of bed, and he goes down, and he opens the door. And there stands in the pouring rain a guy who is drunk as Cooter Brown and standing in the pouring rain. And the husband says, what do you, uh, what do you need? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And the guy says, could I have a push, please? And the guy said, it's pouring down rain. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. You're drunk for crying out loud. No, you can't have a push. And he closes the door, and he stomps back upstairs, trying to shake the water off of his clothes. When he gets back upstairs, his wife says, who was that? And he said, it's some drunk guy who, who said he needed a push. And she said, well, did you help him? And he said, no, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's pouring down rain. No, I didn't help him. I closed the door in his face. And she said, well, you sure do have a short memory. And he said, what do you mean? And she said, well, don't you remember a couple of months ago, our car broke down, and those two guys stopped, and they helped, and they pushed us. They pushed our car into the service station to help us. I think you should help him. I think... It would be the Christian thing for you to do. And he knew that he had to help. He was feeling so guilty. Uh, he was feeling ashamed of himself, really. So he got up and he got dressed. And he goes out. And he goes out the door. And it's in the pouring rain. It's dark. He can't see the man anywhere. And so he calls out, Hello, are you out there? And he hears this tiny voice say, Yes, I'm here. And he says, do you still need a push? And he hears the voice, yes, please. And so he said, where are you? And he hears the voice say, over here on the swing. Okay, I, I guess you had to think about that. It really was funny. It was funnier in my mind, I guess. I know it's an old joke. It's very corny. Thank you. Uh, the peanut gallery laughed a little bit. Um, but the point is, if you have a speaker and you have a message, but you don't have a hearer, then things get lost in the translation. So you have to have integrity. You have to have harmony in all three of those. So in the story that Jesus told today, you have the speaker, who is Jesus, I mean, how much better could that be? It just doesn't get any more solid than that. 
Jesus often spoke in parables. He didn't speak in riddles, but he spoke in parables. Jesus never told a lie. Jesus never tried to manipulate anybody. He never said things with ulterior motives. The words that he said were life. The words that he said were spirit. The words that Jesus said always came from the Father. Over and over again, Jesus said that. What you hear from me, I've heard from my Father. So Jesus doesn't just tell the truth. He is the truth. He lives the truth. So that's the speaker in our case in this parable. And what's the message? The message is what God says it is because the message doesn't just come out of the air. It comes from God. So there's the, remember the three elements you have to have in communication. You have the speaker, the message, and the hearer. So if you have a speaker that has perfect integrity and you have a message that is absolutely trustworthy, what is the wild card in the communication process here? It's the hearer. That's where the breakdown occurs. The hearer. So what is it that, that keeps people from hearing? What is it that blocks our communication? What is uh, the barrier that we have to overcome? And we know some of these. We, we know that there are barriers there. there are, there's a generation gap there. Um, just last week when we were meeting with Mosaic, we were sitting around in the camp chairs, and someone, I'll just say from my generation, said something like um, to Pastor Andy um, that he had been vaccinated with a phonograph needle. And Pastor Andy had a blank look on his face like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And I had to explain to him that the phonograph needle was the thing that goes on the vinyl album that the DJ goes, wiki, wiki, wiki. You know, <laughs> that's the phonograph needle. Uh, but there was a generation gap, okay? And then there's cultural gaps, right? There's cultural gaps. There's language barriers. There's all kinds of things. And then sometimes, sometimes we're just not listening if we're going to tell the truth. That's why Jesus said in verse 9, let anyone with ears listen. And he told this parable. And a parable, by the way, is nothing but a little story with a big point. And you don't have to wonder about the point of this story. You don't have to make something up about the point of this story. Because Jesus himself explains, here's what this story means. The seeds in the story are the words of the kingdom. And that's what Jesus went around sowing all the time. The words of the kingdom. Kingdom words. Generously, extravagantly, Jesus sowed the words of the kingdom everywhere to every crowd. You know, we could do that too. We can sow kingdom words. We can sow kingdom deeds. Uh, we need that in our day and time, right? Uh, because the kingdom of God in heaven does not look like what we see on earth very much. This is what we pray in the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not seeing a whole lot of that. We need to be sowing kingdom seeds, don't we? Our, our mission statement at Gaston First Methodist Church is sharing Christ, making disciples, serving, and giving hope. All that is kingdom seed sowing stuff. That's what we are about. And we need to just do it extravagantly and generously, sowing those kingdom seeds everywhere. The soil in the story would be the hearts of the hearer, 
It would be our hearts, you see, because we're hearers. We are all hearers in this process of communication as we read the words of Jesus in the scripture, that message and that speaker. We are the hearers. Our hearts are the soil. There are four kinds of hearers, four kinds of hearts, if you will, that Jesus talks about here. One uh, are the ones who just won't get it, right? Those would be the hard hearts. That's the hard path that the birds come and steal the seeds away just because it's so hard. They just don't get it. Then there are those who appear to get it, but really they don't. And that would be the shallow heart. It's sort of like a, a piece of ground that, that looks pretty good. It looks, looks nice, but underneath a thin layer of soil, there's rock. So the seeds spring up quickly, but then they wither because they have no root. And then the third kind of soil, the third kind of heart, are the folks that are just too busy, just too distracted to get it. We could call that the crowded heart. Too many things going on. Don't have time for it. And then the fourth kind are the ones who really, really get it. The seeds find their place and they take root and they bring forth fruit. That's the fruitful heart. So the hardened heart, the shallow heart, the crowded heart, and the fruitful heart. And here is really the question that hits us all in the face today. What kind of soil, what kind of heart are you today? What kind of heart am I today? That's really the important question. And I'll just confess to you right now, uh, I've been all four of those. I have been all four kinds of soil, if you will. I've been the one with the hard heart. I've been the one who was really unteachable, uncoachable, because of um, the pain that I had been through or my pride or my prejudice or whatever it was had hardened my heart and the seed went out, but I wasn't ready for it. So I just didn't get it. You ever been there? Have you ever had those seeds come in and they just go over your head or they, the enemy steals them away? I have also been the one with the shallow heart, you know. And what I mean by that is I've jumped on the bandwagon, you know. I have said the right words. I have been in those services where uh, I was hearing the message and I was convicted in my heart. And maybe I even went to the altar and prayed. And I got down on my knees and I just promised God all kinds of things. But then I got up, and when the going got tough, I forgot all about the things that I promised to God. Because there wasn't really a place in my heart that it could take root. There was a thin layer of good intentions, but there was rocky soil underneath. No real commitment. Can you relate to that? Have you ever been that way? And then I've been, I can't tell you how many times I've been the one what I would call the crowded heart, where I've had preoccupation with my occupation. I've had, you know, jobs and budgets and worries and family and stress and material things on my mind, problems and all of these things were going on. All of these things were crowding out my life to the point that the seeds couldn't find root. There were too many weeds growing up. The word got choked out. My life was so crowded with the important 
that there was no room for the essential. Let me say that one more time because I think it bears repeating. In the crowded heart, my life was so crowded with the important that there was no room for the essential. Now, I'm talking about me here, but I'll bet I'm not just talking about me. And then thank God, thank God, that there have been times in my life when some of those kingdom seeds have found their place and they've taken root in my heart. I've been blessed and, and fortunate all through the years to have loving people that sowed kingdom seeds into my life. I think back on um, my grandmother and my parents and on pastors and youth leaders and friends and mentors and Sunday school teachers and all of these people that were sowing kingdom seeds into my life just extravagantly. I've had the privilege in my life of going back and telling some of those people, thank you. Thank you for sowing those seeds into my life because God be praised, some of them took root. If you have a chance to go back and say thank you to someone who sowed good seeds into your life, please take advantage of that. Please go and say thank you. I have good news today, and it comes in two parts. Part one of the good news is the harvest will come. If you're the one sowing the kingdom seeds out there and you think, oh, man, this is never going to happen, this is... I'm just, I don't know if I'm wasting my time. No, those kids are not listening to me. The harvest will come. God will bring it. That's part one of the good news today. And here's part two of the good news. Part two of the good news, well, we have to get a little bit uncomfortable before we can get part two of the good news. Uh, because, you know what, we've had more time than usual over the last four months to think about things, to do a little bit of self-examination, to look during this time that we've had more time by ourselves, to really look at the fruitfulness of our lives. You know, uh, in those moments of quiet honesty when nobody else is around and we're just thinking about our lives, are, are we fruitful like we would like to be? Are, are we showing the outward fruit? Um, are, we, are we doing those deeds and, and saying those words that a follower of Jesus would say and do? Do we like what we see uh, on the inward fruit of like the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, and the, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Is this what we see reflected in our lives? If we're honest with ourselves, what is our spiritual reality right now? How is our fruitfulness? Yeah, that's a little uncomfortable to think about. So now for part two of the good news. And this is part one was the harvest will come and God will bring it. Part two is the harvest can come. Because even in our lives, as messed up as we think they are, hearts can change. They can. 
you may be one of those people that's kind of gotten cynical over the years and, and you're skeptical about whether people really can change. But I'm here to tell you from my own life, from my own experience, you can, cha you can change. You can have a change of heart. It's happened to me. You know, your heart, if it's been hardened by pain or pride or prejudice, it can be softened by the Holy Spirit. Your heart, if it's just kind of shallow with a, a layer of good intentions but kind of rocky underneath, you know, those rocks can be removed and that good soil can be reclaimed. And your heart, if it's crowded, if it's crowded up by the weeds of worry and stuff, your heart can be weeded out. You can participate in that. Hearts can change. One of our most beautiful freedoms that we have is the freedom to have a change of heart. Listen to this invitation from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Because I'm here to tell you, God can do amazing things when we open our hearts up. When we let the hands of the master gardener come and do the work he needs to do in our lives. You are free to have a change of heart. Let's pray. God... Sometimes we uh, keep ourselves so busy that we don't even um, take time to really take a look, an honest look at the fruit of our lives, the fruit of our words, the fruit of our deeds. And when we think about that we are an example to others in how we live our lives and what we say and what we do and even, I don't know, what we post on social media, we're an example to everybody else. Sometimes the picture that we see is not something that we're happy with. Thank you for the good news that we can change. Thank you for the good news that, that you can take that hardened heart and soften it, that, that overcrowded heart and weed it out, that shallow heart and remove those rocks. We want to bear much fruit for you so that you may be glorified in our lives. Help us to open up. In Jesus' name, amen.
can be visions to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all my days, I will love you,
Now hear this benediction. Change our hearts, O God. Change our hearts so that the kingdom seed might find root and that we might bring forth much fruit and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.